Monday evening here, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle at dinner time on this Sunday fun day. The super utility around here. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 9 p.m. here in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into this show right now throughout the next couple of hours. Whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFN.com, or on our free Odyssey app. And we are here in the Big Apple. Paula Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Especially if you're coming home from the Yankee game, give me a call. 877-337-6666. Stuck in that traffic, getting back on that George Washington Bridge. I feel you. Taking your calls right here in this first segment. Get aboard. Uh, By the way, some non-Yankee news. Aaron Rodgers is set to play in his first preseason game since 2018 against the Giants. Jets, Giants. I think it's Saturday night, right? Uh, and that tells me one thing, that the offensive line will be set by then. But that's for a little bit later. We are coming off the Yankees game. And uh, listen, the Yankees now have an eight-game losing streak. It's it's the longest losing streak in 28 years. Get your brooms out. Boston completed the weekend sweep of the New York Yankees this weekend. 1995 was the last time that this team lost this many games in a row. I was seven years old. And it's days like today that I will repeat something that I've already advocated for multiple times. Umpires should have to give post-game press conferences. On a day like today where there was that call at the plate that changed... The outcome of this game, it was challenged not once, but it was challenged twice from both different teams. On a day like today, I would like to see Junior Valenti, or Valentine, Junior Valentine, is that his name? Junior Valentine, kind of with his feet held to the fire there. Let him be the mouthpiece for the league in that scenario. What did you see initially that made you call Isaiah Kiner-Falefa safe at home then what was the, the the difference that the league came in and told you what reversed it? Like, that, that's, that should be required. You'd have to explain that overturn. And if you didn't see it, here's what happened. It was the bottom of the eighth, obviously a crucial point in the game, two outs, and Anthony Volpe roped one to left field. But, and I, I was like, oh, Finally, they're finally playing some, not exactly small ball, but Isaiah Kinefalefer, he was on first base. He was in motion on the release. It was a definite hit and run that was on there. So Volpe ropes went to left. Kinefalefer was already around in second base pretty much. The Red Sox left fielder, old former Yankee left fielder, or outfielder at least, or utility guy, Rob Refsnyder, he slipped and fell. Literally, his feet went out from underneath him, slipped and fell while fielding it. Of course, Rojas, who Rojas is the third base coach in the Yankees, Luis Rojas sent Isaiah Kiner Falefa home, and it was a good send. Definitely, I would co-sign it. I would have done the same thing. And then there was the, the this 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 play to play. Or originally, Junior Valent- Valentine. I keep calling him Valenti. Junior Valentine called Kiner Falefa safe. Boston challenged it, but the original call is important. Obviously, football fans kind of know that, too. Because in my unbiased opinion, there was not enough evidence, even on the frame-by-frame replay, to overturn that call. I thought Isaiah Conner-Falefa was safe. Michael Kay thought he was safe. Paul O'Neill thought he was safe. And the more I look at it, 
I still believe it. But this, again, is why umpires should have to address things like this after the game. And then Isaiah kiner Falefa said, after the game, this is a quote. He said, I didn't think they had enough to overturn it. On the big screen, I definitely think they didn't have enough to overturn it. I mean, this was the bottom of the eighth inning. And it, it overturned to be the final out of that half an inning. So, really, it really should have been the go-ahead run for the New York Yankees. The score should have been 6-5. And as it played out, ultimately, headed to extra innings. That's how that happened. But, by the way, if you missed it, if you go, I, I a lot of you on Twitter, I asked, and, and you lis- listeners are fantastic, asked and you may receive, um, it was sent to me, I retweeted it, and you can go ahead and watch it I'm on my feed, so you don't have to go looking for it, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. But, I mean, this is the bottom of the eighth inning, and it was overturned to be the final out. And, and again, really, it should have been the go-ahead run for the Yankees. Then part two of the play was this. The Yankees then challenged it, citing the fact that Wong, the catcher, was blocking the running lane, and he definitely was not. And if you want me to read you the actual rule, I can, but it's wordy. Essentially, the rule is this. Did the catcher give the runner a proper running lane or not? Yes, he did. And it came out a few years ago. It trickled down to the league in which I coach, even for softball. Wong was in perfect position. It was the throw that took him to the baseline and into the running lane. So there was no chance that the Yankees were going to win that challenge. And I understood why they had to challenge it pretty much, but there was no reason why they, you know, they were going to win it. Immediately, I was like, all right, what are they doing here? And Boone said after the game, quote, I couldn't really tell. I wasn't sure. I haven't looked at it fully. So I'm sure they have evidence that he got him before he got to the plate. Hmm. I mean, it's not really the answer I was looking for from the manager. Is that a defeated manager we're hearing? I mean, that's not the fiery manager I'm used to seeing his treatment of the umpires, if you ask me. And by the way, I loved the argument with the home plate umpire that Aaron Judge had after he struck out looking. It was a borderline call for sure. But I love seeing that from him, for a guy who never really does that. But what I didn't love seeing from him was the fact that he let that ball go by him. It was close enough. I mean, if it's close, you got to swing at it with two strikes. That's the old two-strike approach, isn't it? You got Rortvet and Bowers hitting behind you. There is no protection, Aaron Judge. You have to be the guy up there swinging at that. Anything close. You are the offense. You cannot leave it up to them. And for what it's worth, I am tired of seeing Clay Holmes in high leverage situations. Prioritize an actual closer this season. Move him to a setup role. Enough. So ultimately, this team could not get it done at the plate. And two points on this. Situational hitting still escapes this team. No more obvious than in the bottom of the ninth inning. Leadoff double by Allen. Hit by pitch by LeMahieu. First and second, no outs. Yankees can't scratch across the game tying run. Judge and Torres swinging from their heels. Trying to win the game with one swing. And it's just a really bad plan. And both of them, strikeouts. No surprise. And you got Ben Rortvet hitting 098 on the season to save the game. Come on. And my... Why was Jake Bowers hitting cleanup today? Like, which computer program spit that data out? Use your brains. Use this eight-game losing streak. He is 0 for 18 with 11 strikeouts. Make it make sense. Tell me how, in which world, this man should even be in the lineup, never mind hitting fourth in it.
Why am I getting angry about this? Yankees are so far out of it. They're so far done. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you know this, the, the the binary code why Jake Bowers was hitting cleanup today. I don't know. Give me a call. 877-337-6666. Uh, they didn't come out flat, that's for sure. But still the same result. Another loss. Eight in a row. They've lost eight of nine to the Boston Red Sox on the season so far. This season is done. Stick a fork in it. At least the 44,000 people that showed up stayed to the end, huh? They saw a competitive game. Good for you. If you're on your way home, again, give me a call. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan on this uh, I just feel like I come on every Sunday following a Yankee game, and it always seems to be a loss. Like, I, I don't remember the last time I was on on a Sunday following a Yankee win. But here we are. The Yankees have been swept at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. They have lost, as you just heard Pete McCarthy say, eight in a row for the first time since I was seven years old, 1995. Brutal. It's just absolutely brutal. We've got a changing of the guard behind the glass. Taking your calls now is Connor Green. Hey, Connor, what's going on? Long time no see been less than 24 hours. been uh, about 12 hours, <laughs> yeah. but I'm doing good. How about you? That's good. All, right, all good. Well, I mean, I'm fine. The Yankees and the callers, I'm sure, will not be. Um, but um, I don't know, man. It, 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 what's his name? Aaron Boone said this. After the game today, he was a little testy again with the media. Okay. And this is a quote. He said, we got to be unbelievable the rest of the way. It's not even about that. It's about coming to win on Tuesday. It's basically pretty much how he said it. And, okay, against Washington, maybe you have a chance. But then I looked at the probable pitchers. Tuesday, their next game, Tuesday, you got Carlos Rodon on the mound with his 7-3-3 ERA. Come on. Wednesday, you got Severino. That's an L, too. But as I asked before, why am I getting so upset, worked up over this? Why am I getting so worked up? Does it even matter at this point? No, it doesn't. Yankees right now are nine games out of the third wild card spot with one team you know to displace and three teams to leapfrog over to get to that point. One of which is the Red Sox, who just swept them. It's over. Why am I getting all worked up over this? 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. In the order that you called, Ken in Queens, you're up first. You're leading off here on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? How you doing? Oh, doing all right. How are you? All right. Before I get to my Jets, uh, I think John Sterling is going to have to come up with a new gimmick because uh, it's been a long time since you went. Yankees win. Yankees win. He's been doing a lot of Yankee lose. Like <laughs> he's lose lately, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, all right. Let's talk turkey with the Jets. Number one, I have a lot of questions for you, so I'm going to try to speed them along here. I think it's a mistake starting uh, Mr. Rogers on next Saturday because all it takes is one of these giants who are jealous of the Jets or something to knock him out or want to have a, you know, a big name in the paper yeah. the next day, knocking Rogers out for the season yeah. off of it or something like that. I agree with I you. I don't like him playing next Saturday. I agree with you. I, I don't like one. him playing next Saturday either. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, you've got to give me an injury update. I know. Uh, the running back Israel got uh, a side contusion. Uh, Tipman had a knee, which I'm always worried when I hear knee because yeah. I think ACL. Mm-hmm. Have you heard 
anything uh, about those injuries yet. Uh, have I heard anything? I have not. So that's probably a good sign because I'm pretty locked in. So I have not heard anything, no. All right, so you haven't seen, heard Tipman ACL out this season. No, that's please. My no, don't even put that worry. into existence, Ken. What are you doing? No, nah, because I know, Danielle, if you've been a Jet fan as long as I have, okay, and have luckily seen their only Super Bowl, thank God for that, okay? Yeah, I have But <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever can go wrong for this team always seems to go wrong. I don't care who's there, GM, coach, Aaron Rodgers, something always goes wrong. So I'm just hoping, I don't want to hear no ACL tears. We already had a guy in OTAs. That guy, the safety car or whatever, Joe Alford ACL, and that's during OTA. So, you know, what does that tell you, you know, about the Jet bad luck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you, Ken. I get you. And I, yeah. I, I'm now, actually, I'm looking now. to before I forget, Yeah, I just wanted to be sure there. I just want to be sure. I just, I'm checking again, nothing. I've seen nothing about Tippmann. So that's good, I guess. Okay. Now, the, the receivers. I love Malik Taylor, and I love this Brownlee guy. One of them may not make it because they would have to keep seven wide receivers mm-hmm. for that to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Malik Taylor, who has looked fantastic at times, and this Brownlee, I really like them coming out of college. I'm surprised he went undrafted. Yeah. What do you think would happen with him? I think the Jets, and thanks for the call there, Ken, I think the Jets are going to give a shot to Brownlee. You're seeing him. I see, I see him all over the field. I think he, I think he's going to get a shot. But back to the, the Aaron Rodgers point, I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers play in a preseason game. I mean, you can glean as much as you can get uh, from, from the, these padded practices. But the thing is, in those padded practices, it's pretty controlled. You got a guy wearing a red jersey. He can't be touched. He can't be hit. He's old. The entire season rests on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. Why throw it away or, or even potentially throw it away in a preseason game? Enough. I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. We go to Ricardo calling in from Jersey City. What's up, Ricardo? How you doing, Danielle? Good. How, How are you? you? I'm okay. I, I tweet you out so often. I tweet so often to you because I never think I can get through, but I said, let me give it a shot today. So. Hey, it's yeah. your lucky day. Thanks for calling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, with the Yankees, I mean, I don't even watch their games. I just follow in real time online, and especially with this year, it just makes my life a lot easier. So I don't get worked up as much as you do, because I could definitely get worked up. Yeah. Um, you know, to watch that video, um, because you asked me about the kind of left play, yeah. you know what? It is not conclusive. But I kept playing it. I'm like, yep. okay, it looks like initially he's out, but then... We don't see a, a definitive tag. So I have to say that that was a play that could have gone, you know, the way that they ruled it off on the field. So, but again, with that said, um, even if the Yankees had got a 6-5 lead, uh, if your reliever gives up a run, then it would have been 6-6 anyway. So um, that would have definitely would have not gone. Um, it, it was crucial. It was a crucial call, and it was non-conclusive. I mean, we've been watching football long enough to know that you have to have conclusive evidence yeah. that there's something going to be overturned, okay? And there was not conclusive evidence. There was not. And that's why I believe umpires should have their own, uh, you know, press conferences after the game. To, here's what I saw initially. Here's what came down from the league. That was the discrepancy. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, no, and... I don't know if you'll ever see that with umpires because I don't recall them on these very rare occasions. That would be something they have to discuss in the uh, uh, off season. 
Uh, but I don't know if the, it's because of the umpire's union, if they block that sort of thing. But that is a good idea. But I don't know if I'll ever see it. <laughs> no, I know. You, you will never see it. No, you won't ever see it. Nope. Yeah. Oh, and and sure. what I don't want to see tomorrow is the league issuing an apology to the Yankees to say, oh, sorry, we blew the call. You know what I mean? Like, not that the game really in the grand scheme of things mattered or meant anything, really. But what if it did? Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially if this was, a say, a playoff game, right? Right. I mean, you know, so that yeah, definitely they should. But, you know, I just don't see it anytime soon. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up. Um, one other thing, you, you guess you were talking about, you know, for the future, at least the good news is they're talking about actually bringing up these prospects. That I don't know which ones, yeah. but bringing up any players, younger or not, even not even in a losing streak, but just the Yankees in general need to do this more going forward because there, I think last year there was a statistic that said they were the second oldest roster next to the Mets. Um, Amazing. And I think that, that, yeah, I think that says something that you need to bring up your young players, right. see what they're about. Uh, you don't expect them to come out of the box and, you know, become a, a Derek Jeter or Aaron Judge immediately, but who does? I mean... Right, Ricardo, what you're looking for in that situation, thanks for the call, what you're looking for if you bring up these players, and by the way, you were, allow- you were allowed to bring up one of those prospects starting on Friday with no penalty of, to you know, of like the service time manipulation. They're, that's hands off. Like, it won't count. As part of their service time, Yankees haven't brought up anybody. I don't think the Mets have either, but the Yankees have not brought up anybody. And I don't know why not. Like, it wouldn't count as part of their service time manipulation. So, anyway, here's what I would do. Again, the strategy for the Yankees is now this. Like, first of all, let's back up. The Yankees are not trading Garrett Cole. The Yankees are not trading Aaron Judge. Unfortunately or fortunately, these are the guys that are going to be in place over the long term here. You would hope. I know Cole has a has a what an opt out something like that. But you would think he would. Uh, he wants to be here. Garrett Cole wants to pitch for the New York Yankees. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I, but I couldn't blame him if he did. Anyway, you've got Cole and you've got Judge here long term. Let's operate under those th- that premise. Now you've got the second highest payroll in all of baseball. Okay, that's a fact. This year, that's a fact. There's about sixty ish million coming off. So here's what I would do. I mean, I would use that money for a left fielder. Okay? Or you need you obviously you need starting pitching and a, and a real life closer as I talked about. Why don't you start bringing up some of these players especially when the rosters expand too? In about what, 10 days from now the rosters expand. So you bring up some of these guys, you introduce them to the league and you say, "Hey, take a look at these young prospects that we have." Cuz the Yankees have held on to prospects and held on to prospects and they never pan out. They're prospect huggers. That's a prospect hugging organization. This Yankees is this Brian Cashman Yankees. Bring them up, showcase them to the league, and say, "Here's what we have. Let's make a deal for a starting pitcher, or let's make a deal for your left fielder." You know, Everson Perrier. He came up. He did well, but you know, we need somebody right now, more established now. So let's make a deal. Like this is what they should be doing. And to bring them up on the uh, somebody up on the first day that you could do it says to the rest of the league. Check out this guy. Look who we have. The fact that they didn't do it, I think they missed a boat on that. I, I Really? Because they have plenty that they could pick from to bring up. Plenty. Perriera would be my first choice. Wells, I don't think he's ready defensively. Two pass balls and a, and a 
throwaway. I mean, unless you're bringing up is just, you know, the the DH maybe. I don't know. Again, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We go to Eric in Brooklyn. What's up, Eric? Yes. Uh oh, did he just get electrocuted? Did he just get zapped? Uh oh, Eric. I, I hope you're all right. I guess I'll put you back on hold. I, I don't know what happened there, Connor. He might have gotten zapped. I don't know. I don't know. We go to Josh in the Bronx. Josh, are you okay out there? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you know with the Giants and everything, Gable started Danny Dimes. And, you know, now Sala wants to start Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but there's a difference there, Josh, between Jones and Rodgers. Okay. A difference. Like, Jones, it's only his second year. He's got lots of new weapons, you know, to to work with and build chemistry with. I I get that. However, Aaron Rodgers has been around in the game of football pretty much as long as I've been alive. So it's like, what is he really learning? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could do that on the practice field. We're watching it happen on hard docks. You don't need to, yeah. to to bring him out there. I I know. And I guess to this point, because of the Mets and the Yankees and everything, yeah. the you know, the Jets are prematurely throwing you know, throwing him out. They wanna, you know, give the fans something to see, you know, as far as, hey look, here's our new toy, you know, and everything else. Yeah. But, you know, I hope it's only for, you know, just a set of, a quick set of downs. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But, you know, to have something to look forward to on Saturday night other than this day in and day out with the Yankees and the Mets and everything, I know we've got a long way to go, but it's more oversaid and done than anything. Thank you for taking my call, Danielle. I agree with you. Everything, you know, you're perfect. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, <laughs> thanks well, for that. Far from perfect, well. but the, thank you. I appreciate tuning in and, uh, and and calling in as well. But, like, you look at what Aaron Rodgers has accomplished. You look at what Daniel Jones has accomplished. One of, one of them is not like the other one. You know what I'm saying? And that could work both ways. I don't need to see Aaron Rodgers out there. For the point that the caller made before as well, like, Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe trying to, you know, or not even Kayvon Thibodeau, like, like a guy that's on the borderline, on the cusp, maybe making the Giants defense, wants to get out there and just prove himself. And I said it last night, too. You want to get out there. You want to prove yourself. You want to put your names in the headlines. And, and, and you, you go after Aaron Rodgers. You sack Aaron Rodgers in the Jets season. Like, that's, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't even be given a chance to, to even happen. Obviously, the Jets are going to scheme so that it's just going to be dart passes left and right, handoff here, handoff there. But then what's the point? What's the point at that point, right? Yankees highlights are playing on the TV in the studio here. Bottom of the ninth inning. It's over. So is the Yankees season. So are the Mets. So we look forward to football. As as the AL postseason picture <laughs> flashes on the screen. The Yankees are still in the hunt, according to uh, this uh, this channel I'm watching. Nine games behind. In the hunt? Come on. Not with the next two games. Not with Rodon and Severino starting your next two games. That's going to be banged out of out of the hunt for sure. It'll be eclipsed by Cleveland by, by Tuesday. 
877-337-6666. My name is Daniel McCartan. Give me a call. Anything you want to talk about always is on the table here. And uh, I'm going to uh, Yankee Stadium on Wednesday inside the clubhouse. So also, if you want to call me or tweet me and tell me who you want to hear from and about what, I'm all ears. Daniel McCartan with you on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. Hanging with you till 9 p.m. Just getting started. Lots of criticism is due to Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Judge in this game. I almost said Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron Judge in this game. Because you've got a situation where he is your best hitter. He's your best hitter. He was swinging from his heels. And, and there were no outs. Runners on first and second in the ninth inning. And he struck out looking. I, I, I'll get, I get it. I'll give it to him. It was a borderline call. Could have been a ball. Could have been a strike. Don't, I, you know, I don't know. But the point of the matter is, you've been taught since you played as far back as you can remember the game of baseball, that if it's close, you swing at it. That tells me there is no two-strike approach being taught at this, at, at least the major league level. Two, two strikes with no outs, runners on first and second. Bottom of the ninth, you got to choke up, shorten the swing, and just poke it into play. And I understand that Judge, you know, gets a lot of crappy calls down by his knees that may or may not be strikes. I get it. But he also understands that. You cannot have the bat on your shoulder with the game on the line in that situation. And and, and another reason why I'm coming down on it is because of this. Aaron Judge, you are the offense. You have to be the guy. You cannot leave it up to the guys behind you. You got Rortvet, who's hitting 098 on the season behind you. And you've got Bowers hitting cleanup for some strange freaking reason. Bowers, he's 0 for 18 over the last eight games with 11 strikeouts. You have to know that. So are you going to take your chances on a borderline pitch? You should have. I'm sorry. I really like you, Aaron Judge, but you should have. You can't be caught looking literally with the bat on your shoulder in that situation, knowing what's behind you in the in the, in the lineup. And again, that goes back to the bigger picture of why are these guys even in the lineup to begin with? Yeah, I get that too. But you can't take that pitch. You just can't. Max in Nyack, New York's up on the fan. Danielle, amen. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> hey, man. You know what? I was listening. Uh, I'll tell you what. You're, you're on point with the Yankees. That's why I call. I was list, listening to the game on by the pool today, and John Sterling says they have to walk Devers here, and to get to Turner, mm-hmm. and then Turner on the first pitch. Yep. That gets. Imagine you're on deck. You're a major league guy with 20 homers, and you're like, "Oh, you, you're gonna walk him to get to me?" Yeah. First pitch, boom. Salivating. I'd be salivating. Right? Wouldn't you be? But, I would. I, I, I okay. play ball. I'd, I'd be like, you, you're way, oh, you're going to walk him and pitch him? Okay. Yeah, your, your mistake, right? But, Max, here's the other thing. Let's spin it to, to a Yankee perspective here. Who's who's protecting Judge like that? Oh, yeah. Nobody. Oh, the cleanup. <laughs> oh, Bowers. Bowers. Oh, thank God for Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers, I've had a hit since, uh, I don't, I can't remember. I listen to every game. You know what? I'm actually going to check out the game the game log for Jake Bowers. I will let you know. Uh, you good? You can keep have, talking. I'm going to let you know the last time he had a hit. The last date. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I do, you know, again, we're we're at eight eight losses in a row. 
one and eight against Boston. Holy cow. Yep. Oh, and, one and nine. One and nine against Boston. Oh, one, all right, one and nine. And, you know, um, yeah, I want to throw I, – I hate going there with the let's throw, you know, Aaron Boone, Booney under, under the bus. But and some of the decisions are just crazy sometimes. I just can't believe, like, Cole's pitching a great game and he takes him out. He's up with the pitch count. Yep. You know, some of the things we've been watching the last, you know, all year – are are driving you and me as a fan out of our freaking minds. Okay, today, today, well, in, in today's edition, why is Jake Bowers hitting cleanup? His last yeah, hit, I'll tell you, his last hit, August 11th was the last time he got a hit. <laughs> it's yes, the 20th! Does. I, listen, when I'm live home, I hear that Susan doing the whole lineup thing, you know, the cleanup hitter brought to you by blah, blah. Bowers, I was like, what? How does Bowers <laughs> think when a guy's had a freaking hit since August, would you say 18th? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Today is August, and thanks for the call there, Max. Today is August 20th. Jake Bowers hasn't gotten a hit since August 11th. You know what? He's our cleanup hitter. He's our cleanup hitter. And as far as I know, and I watched the S Network coverage after the game, nobody asked about that. What? Oh. Jake Bowers, cleanup hitter. I mean, come on. Come on. What do we do? What computer program spit that one out? I'd like to just, just can someone send a virus to it? Because that's ridiculous. Richard in Manhattan's up next here on the fan. Danielle, did you read the article in the New York Post today about Aaron Rodgers? I didn't. You know, he was not recruited out of high school. He got over 1,300 on the SATs, SATs 3.9 grade average. And uh, he went to a Division three community college, two-year school. He played one year before he got recruited out of uh, uh, recruited to uh, Cal Berkeley. Yeah, wow. can you imagine? He didn't even <laughs> want to go to an Ivy League school. It's, I can't imagine no Division one program would. Uh, he, he, I don't know. It's amazing. I mean, it had nothing to do with grades or bad attitude. Nothing. He was just too small and. He had to play one year at a community college before he can uh, get to a good college, you know, Division One. Anyway, I was at the Yankee game today. Great energy. I couldn't believe it. Almost every seat was filled in a hot, sunny day. People spending money galore on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, food and drinks and everything. Mm-hmm. So there was, oh, I mean, Yankee Stadium is the place to be. I used to go to Orchard Beach on Sundays. I, I hang out at Yankee Stadium. It's just more fun. It's more things to see, more things to do at Yankee Stadium. It's, uh, it's really, I have to say, Steinbrenner's, they made it a, a must be, you know, must go to place now. It's, it's a lot, it's very nice. I mean, I like the old stadium better, but there's no question the venue now is great. Uh, the Yankees, uh, same thing again. First and second, no out. Not only don't they score, they don't even move the runner. Yeah. And on second, yep. no out. They don't score, they don't move the runner. You know, if I was Boone, really, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get fired at the end of the year. Why doesn't he just try something different, say to screw it? I'm not going to do what they're telling me up in the booth. I'm going to do it my way on this. Or just do something differently. He doesn't change any of his, any, anything. They're the same way Every time, but the I might lineup, have even but, had. But the lineup switches around every single day. I don't understand. I, I that's got to be from above. Who knows? I don't <laughs> even think he calls that. But uh, and let me ask you something. You know, the other night, uh, the other day, uh, Sterling. Uh, uh, what Yankees had a man on? Uh, uh, no, first guy made up on the Yankees, made out on the Yankees. Second guy, uh, kind of Falefa, got a base hit, but uh, he tried to steal second. 
and then was thrown out, and the next guy made out. But uh, Sterling called it a one-two-three inning. Is that technically a one-two-three inning, even if a man gets on base? I don't think so. I wouldn't think so either, even though it's three batters, but I wouldn't think it was one, two, three. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I, think I, so. I, he said it, and I, he probably said it before, and I, all my years I've never noticed him saying that. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, I watched the Jet game Saturday night. Man, was that great redemption for this kid. Uh, what's his name? Wilson? Uh, yeah. 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 First name, Zach, Zach. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm rooting so hard for that kid. What a, you know, that was like Lamar Jackson-esque. That was such, and you know, it was kind of stupid to stay in bounds and run, you know, to take the hit because he got hit pretty well, pretty hard. I mean, the guy was in safety, I think, that hit him, so he didn't really lay him out. Or maybe a cornerback, so he didn't lay him out. But he took a big hit there. But uh, you know, he didn't have to run right into the guy. But uh, 35 yard run and how he escaped the pressure and then missed the guy. The guy made the, he made the guy miss him near the sideline. The guy thought he might go out. That was beautiful. I'm rooting for this kid, you know? And you know what, Richard? I am too. And, and, and any every interview you hear from him, it's just night and day. He sounds like a completely different man from last year to this year. Mature, poised, articulate. And, and there were some things that, that uh, Zach uh, Rosenblatt tweeted about him. Um, and he said, uh, Zach Wilson on the biggest tries he feels like he's made. Uh, Zach Wilson said, this is a quote, just being comfortable, having a clear understanding of what the goal of each play is, why I want to get to certain plays, what we're doing things in a certain way. And I think when you really have an understanding of why we're doing something, it's easier to be successful in that play. And then Zach followed up with, Zach Rosenblatt followed up with, was he not comfortable last year? Wilson said, I wanted to feel like I was, but I didn't feel as comfortable and as confident as I do right now for whatever reason. I would like to say I tried to be. I would like to say I knew what was going on, but obviously didn't, things didn't work out that way. Whatever the reason it is, I do feel like there's a better understanding of what's going on now. I mean, talk about a breath of honesty in the answer, clarity in the answer, accountability in that answer, all things that we really didn't see from Zach Wilson last year. This is the Aaron Rodgers effect on this team. And I hope that Hard Knocks dives a little bit deeper into the into the relationship between both Wilson and Rodgers. I hope so, because that is the, one of the main storylines I'm looking at um, for for this for this um, series that I I paid ultimately to end up watching because I had to because everybody watches it, right? Connor, can we do one more or a break? One more. All right, let's go to uh, John up in the, or out in the Poconos. What's up there, John? Hi, Danielle. Hey. Uh, just want to let you know I'm on my way home from the Yankee game. I live in the Poconos. And almost home now. Uh, I agree with your uh, thoughts on bringing up prospects. It's time. But, um, it's time. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Uh, my thought on bringing up the prospects was bring up a pitcher, catcher, a left fielder, See what they got. All right. They got. Can they make the majors or not? And showcasing them is one thing, but if they figure out that they can keep these guys, then in the offseason is going to be a little easier. They know what they have to go get because they can use these, these kids next year. Right. And, you know, or show the rest cool. of the league what they can do and then put them in a package of a trade. Right. Do that. Or, like I said, if they're good, keep them. Like, I right. think you know, a good example was Floreal. I mean, uh, that guy has been up and down for a cup of coffee four or five times. Mm-hmm. When Judge went on the DL, they should have brought him up and said, look, you are our right fielder. 
don't worry about it. You hit, you hit, you don't, you don't. But we've got to see what you can do. Right. And, I mean, was, I mean, that, that's John. That that's the point where they're at. They're not playing for anything. Let's 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 be clear here. The Yankees are not playing for anything. They're playing for next year. Actually, is what they're playing for. And maybe they are playing for something next year. So yes. Bring up these players. See where they're at. Either you package them for a deal in the, in the winter time. Like you, you have an adjudication on this in these players, one way or another. Yes, player X is going to help us for next year. We want to hold on to him. No, player X is not going to help us for next year. We're going to look to package him. I mean, it's that simple. And I'm not sure. I mean, Friday was the first day they could bring up somebody to, so that it doesn't count for their service time manipulation, uh, you know, time. Why didn't they do it? Like, Everson Pereira, I would love to see Everson Pereira. Love to see him. He's due next year in the pipeline. That's fine. He's due next year. But he's an outfielder. I mean, I, this is the guy that I want to see. And, and by the time I talk to you next time I'm on, this kid better be on this team. Or else, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> what I am doing on Wednesday, though, is I am going to Yankee Stadium. So let me know what you want to hear from which players and, and who. I will do my best. Tell me. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. That is Connor Green on the ones and twos. And picking up your calls at 877-337-6666. Uh, we're going to kind of weave in this question throughout the night, the question being, I'm going to be in the Yankee Clubhouse on Wednesday. What do you want to know? Um, I got a really good one on Twitter from Vinny Caparuccio, and he said, ask Sean Casey if, since he took over, has he implemented any new hitting approaches? They're, they seem to be doing the same thing over and over again. That, that's It's really good. I'm going to add that to the list. It's a really good one. Um, and, and I also got a... Um, a tweet question. You know what? Let's do that for the next break because uh, I think it's a good one. It's about Aaron Boone and his how long uh, he has left, basically, uh, as manager of this team. But we have a full rack of calls. We'll get to those. Of course, you call in, you get in, you get time, you talk. That's how we do it here. 877-337-6666 in the order that you called. We go out to line five. Ed and Mohegan's up next on a fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Good. How are you, Ed? Very well. All right, listen, um, uh, right before the pause back in 19, I was lucky enough to meet Yogi Berra, and he signed a book for me, and in the book he talked about how he spent a lot of time with the Yankees in the clubhouse upon his retirement, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the uh, Bernie Williams team, with the, with the dynasty team in the 90s. Yeah. And after that, maybe several years later, I got a chance to meet Bernie. He was playing in a bar, and I got a chance to spend time with him, and I asked him about it, and he said he was having a really hard time at one point. He was, he was, he was upset. With, he wasn't playing baseball anymore. He just wanted to play his music. He was upset. He uh, wasn't playing the game well. And Yogi kind of helped him through it. It was true. And I was lucky enough to meet him both. It was a great story. You know, how, you know, and he did that with a lot of the players. Mm-hmm. Yogi Berra went up to them, chatted with them, yep. kept the, the uh, you know. So now, today, I'm looking at the Yankees. And who, who's that guy in the clubhouse? Because I'd like to see them finish strong. I love you were talking about um, about Gardner last night. Yeah, you know the whole you know uh, banging the bat on the top, which of the I didn't love. And, but yeah, he has that fire, and who has it this year? I, I still don't have the answer. Well, no, not as a player, as a, as just to keep a guy in the clubhouse as mm-hmm. a coach or something. Yeah, I mean, they, they brought Pettit back. We also talked about this, too, last night. They brought Pettit back when, when the whole discussion became Derek Jeter, GM, bring back all the other former Yankees. And, uh, it's not going to work. But in an advisory role, 
Yeah. Bring back Pettit for a month. Bring back Jeter for a month when you're there every day with those guys. And and you know what I mean? Like that I would absolutely love to see more of moving forward. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, a guy like Pettit, I mean, great player. But I mean, like there were certain guys on that team. They had like Didi was great. Swisher was great. You know, there's I don't know. Guys. Swish, you know what? Swisher bothered me when he struck out and would laugh back to the dugout. That bothered me. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't the best thing in the world. But still, I think for the players, because that's something you don't hear about. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know about Bernie being upset was because I was lucky enough to spend some time with Bernie. Right. That was it. So there's, I'm, what if, I mean, I'm sure guys knew about Herman, but that, that they weren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure guys knew something was going on with Rizzo, but they did nothing about it. You know, there are probably things going on that we don't know about. and we'll ne- But we'll that, never know. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll never know. But have somebody in the clubhouse who can sort of, you know, take the players under their wing. And uh, look, they get paid a lot of money. You got to put that stuff. I'm sure you come to work sometimes. You know, you, you, you got to be on all the time. You got to work through it. So I get that. But still, I don't think the money they spend, I mean, to have a guy like Brett Gardner there, I think, would only be a positive. I agree or with you. Or somebody else that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's that's that you're right on there, Ed. I agree with you. They need to bring someone in there. To, first of all, not to to threaten the managerial position. You know, take over a manager. Just a guy that just you know a former player that that gets it, that knows how to win in New York, win in New York. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Brett Gardner would be a, per- a perfect person to bring back in one of those sort of advisory role. A Pettit, a Jeter, uh, a Posada. Like guys that hated to lose more than they liked to win. That, I feel, is missing. That is the missing intangible from this Yankees team. They don't, or maybe we haven't seen it. In other words, we haven't seen it. Guys that hate to lose more than they like to win. I know Aaron Judge, when he does it, he does goes down into the the... The hallway between the clubhouse and the dugout. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe people need to see it. So, yes, I agree with that. I think that's a great suggestion. Let's go to Mario in New Rochelle. What's up, Mario? Hi, Daniel. I'm a big Yankee fan, too. Um, I know what I would do to solve the Yankee problems. I'm wondering what you would do right now to solve all these Yankee problems. Well, What would you do? Well, right now, there's not much you can do right now. The season is lost. There's not much you can do. You just got to. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I would do. I'm sorry to go. First of all, I get a I get a guy in here like Gene Michael, a great evaluator of talent talent in the minor leagues. That's number. But one. that's an off season thing. That's not right now. It's August twentieth. You can't do that now. Yeah. That's fine. But the second thing I would do I, in the off season, I would cut all the dead. Oh well, now, but but Mario, now you're changing the question. Do you ask me what I would do yeah. right now? There's nothing you can do right now. Do you agree? Well, yeah, but going okay. forward. Oh, okay. Going now forward, that changes the question. Okay. Okay. Going forward, I would cut all the dead wood. I would keep maybe four, five players. I would keep Cole, number one. I would keep Volpe. I would keep Torres. And I would keep Judge, absolutely. And I would keep the bullpen. Everybody else has to go. And then I'd bring up all the superstar kids in the minor leagues. And I would go after Otani. Because I'll tell you why people come out to the ballpark. They see, want to see Judge. And they want to see Volpe. That's the only reason they're going to the ballpark. And Cole. But the thing is here. I, I, and Cole, yeah. But listen. Who's going to be your DH in about five years from now? You see, the thing is, the Yankees care about filling seats right now. You got to bring in a superstar like Otani. But Mario, you're subscribing to the people. same faulty, the same faulty uh, vision of this team. I'm asking you, who's going to be your DH in about four or five years from now? Every day, DH. Let's, let's hope we get a good. See, now, Mario, this uh, is not how this works, man. 
I asked you a question. I'm trying to have a conversation. Who's going to be the Yankees DH in four to five years from now? The answer is Aaron Judge. So you want to go out and you want to spend all of this money on Shohei Otani, and you're in the same predicament. You got a duplicate player. Like when they had Judge and they brought in Stanton, Judge and Stanton are duplicate players. Offensively. I'm speaking offensively. So you're going to have your DH already set. However much longer Judge has in the field, once he's done with that, maybe he'll go to first base. He did play there. He has played first base. Um, not professionally. I believe in high school. Uh, but Or was it college? I can't remember. But he has played first base. He does have experience there. So he moves from right field to first base. And then where? Designated hitter. So are you really going to pay? What is Shohei Otani going to garner? $65 million annually? But you already have one of those positions plugged up for the long term, basically. You have your sights set on a long-term plan. So you, you, you move the goalposts on me, Mario. You ask me what I would do right now. There's really not much you can do right now. Then you'd switch it to say in the offseason. Well, in the offseason, well, that's a whole different question. There's a whole different plan for the offseason. You bring in guys that are less analytic, guys that will not bat Jake Bowers fourth in a lineup where he's been oh for twenty what twenty two over his last eight games, whatever. Like you got to bring more gut feel guys in. I would bring back now. Now, if you're asking me long term, um, you would bring back advisors of, of from the winning teams to work with these players every single day, whether that be on a rotating basis or whatever. That's two things I would implement in the off season. Off season, I don't know if the Yankees should be in on on the Shohei Otani thing. I know I think he's a great fit for the Mets. Because the Mets don't have a DH. So when he's not pitching, he could DH. And that would give you the most value for the dollar. Whereas the Yankees are going to be paying $65 million to a guy that pitches every fifth day. And they can't really maximize him. In a des- and, and the Yankees love using a designated hitter position as, you know, quote-unquote off day for some of their fielders. So for, for a multitude of different reasons, I think the Yankees would be out. On Shohei Otani. And I actually, I couldn't blame him. But if I'm the Mets, full court press. Full court press. All right, we got a quick break. We got a Pete McCarthy update. My name is Daniel McCartan with you here till, till, until 9, 9 p.m. right here on WFAN. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan hanging with you for another two hours on your radio, streaming from the Odyssey app, whatever, WFAN.com, wherever you're listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I'm here with Connor Green. We're here in the Mike Francesa studio, and we are taking your calls as the, um, I don't know, the funeral for New York baseball continues, and maybe the rebirth of New York football gets underway. How's that? Mets fell to the Cardinals 7-3 in St. Louis earlier, just a little bit earlier, and the Yankees got swept, get your brooms out, got swept by the Boston Red Sox. Final score, 6 to five, so yikes! Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We got a lot of calls here. We're gonna get through them. Uh, and, and if you can't get through, you can tweet me at Coach M C C A R T A N. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Also on Instagram at Coach McCartan as well. All right, we go out to. Uh, let's see, we go to Joe in Highland Park. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Um, we were talking about next year, but. Brian Cashman's still going to be here. He's, he's and, what? Um, 
that Brian Cashman is still going to be here. Of course he is. He signed a four-year deal last offseason. He'll be here. So so this is not going to change. This is going to be the same year in and year until he goes. This is his team. This is not Hal Steinmeier's team. This is his team. The, The fall of the Yankees has been coming for a long time now. It's not just hitting rock bottom. This is his team. He put this team together. Every guy that's in this lineup is his is his guy. Correct. Giancarlo Stanton, who had no business being here in the first place. Correct. He traded for him, and now look what we have. We stuck with him for another three or four years. This guy won't be in the majors three years from now. I guarantee you. Ah. Uh, I mean, he can he can barely run to second base anymore. I know. Have you and seen he, him? I know. Well, his contract is is through. Let's see. Uh, 2027. So he's got one, two, three, at least four more years. He's got a club option in 28, and he's he doesn't hit free agency till 2029. So you're stuck with him too. Yeah, but see, this is Cashman. And I know. He, he he the game has passed him by. This mm-hmm. is not how you build a team anymore. I mean, he got lucky with the teams he inherited because those were not his team. Those were Buck Showalter's team and Gene State Michael. Well, that's more Gene it's Michael's not- team. Buck Showalter was not the general manager. Yeah, but I saw a special about about Buck. He he's got a talent too, and he you know this is he inherited. Well, he he didn't use that talent last year to get a designated hitter for his for his baseball team last year. So I'm just saying. But let, let's credit it to Gene Stick Michael for sure. No, but he he inherited, Cashman inherited a dynasty, and then once that those guys exited out the door, mm-hmm. he hasn't developed anyone other than Aaron Judge and maybe Alfonso Soriano. You know, he hasn't developed anyone. I mean, yeah. the, the minor league of the Yankees is a, it's a shambles. There's nobody good coming up. Um, well, the Yankees have, I believe it's five players. I'm not trying to defend anything. I'm just saying that the Yankees have five players, I believe, in the top 100 for Major League Baseball. So, I don't know but if they, they, have to bring, they have to bring them up. I mean, this is Well, that's the thing. Yeah, right. They have four. I'm, I'm going to correct myself. They have four players in the top 100. So this is this is this is Cashman again. He's calling the shots because his analytics department is telling him that they can turn this around. Right. This is stubbornness. The season is over. The season is over. Fired. Right. And you had Friday as a perfect opportunity to bring somebody up and not let it affect their service time in the major leagues. And yet the Yankees, they're still on the clock. They haven't made a move yet. You're right about that, but. This is this is the problem, and this is his team. He 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 inherited a great team, and once those teams pass, right? Well, he yes. has patched up. He has patched up the team with free agents, and that worked for 15, 10, 15 years. But the game has passed them by now. Well, that's that the thing. Work anymore, right, Joe? And that's the thing. You know, it's it wasn't a secret that these. I'm going to air quotes this. New rules were coming into place. It's not a secret. So whereas teams like you know the Orioles. The Reds, they have young guys that are exciting, that are fast, that run the bases, that play small ball and all that stuff. Like, you knew it was coming, and yet you handcuffed yourself, and you're unable to, to get, get out of the, the philosophy that you've had, the, the faulty philosophy that you've had for years, if you're the Yankees. So they're no longer a model organization. The Orioles are going to be a problem for a long time. The Reds are going to be a problem for them for a long time. Those are now the model organizations. So you have to start to look at them and say, okay, what have they done that we need to start doing? And, can, and if you're Hal, and can this man, Brian Cashman, get it done for you? Or for me, if I'm Hal? Because he's got three more years on his deal. He's not going anywhere. Nothing's going to change. Douglas in the Bronx is next here on The Fan.
Hello, Danielle. Good evening. Hey, what's going on, Douglas? Yeah, good. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, I want to talk about the Yanks, but I want to do a, offer a quick theory about what the Jets are planning on next weekend. I think if had it not been for HBO Hard Knocks, I do not think Rodgers would be playing on Saturday night. I think the producers of that show gave the Jets a little incentive for him to play just so they could produce an episode with him. What would be the, but what would be the incentive? Well, I think they being uh, we get to finally see him in game action is something else that we don't have to see him on the sideline once again during an episode and gives another plot line for the show. I think another, I see. I think the plot. I think the plot line so far has been so super focused, hyper focused on Aaron Rodgers that there are oh so many other storylines that they mm-hmm. could focus on. Nah, I don't think so. I, I think Rodgers wants to play, or else because guess okay. what? If he didn't want to play, he wouldn't be playing. Right. Well, I mean, he likes the limelight too. So uh, to see him on the field on HBO, uh, you know, next uh, the following, t- not this Tuesday, the following Tuesday, yeah, uh, that's a welcome sight. I'm again just just putting that out there. Yeah, you're when the you TV to, guy. I'm not the TV expert. You are, yeah, so maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, a new scenery instead of him with the microphone headphone on, on the sidelines. Some they'll you know, be in a helmet and the uniform. Anyway, so oh, when you go to Yankee Stadium Wednesday, yeah. If you encounter Garrett Cole, yes, I want you to ask him to elaborate on the quote he said yesterday to reporters, saying, "I don't oh. recall experiencing anything, anything like this in my career before." Okay, experiencing uh, anything yeah. like this in my career? Yeah. I, okay, I got it. Okay, and mind you, he began his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> so for him <laughs> yeah, to say that, I know it's pretty low, pretty low. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, now, and I've heard uh, uh, several callers on the Yankee, who are Yankee fans, who claim. This is the worst ever for the Yankee franchise. Worst ever. Uh, now, if you're in your 20s and 30s, I would agree. This I, is I the this is the worst I've ever seen. I'm 35. Yes, right. Yeah. So I'm I'm older than you. I'm older than you. And I would put it to callers that are my age. I'm in my mid 40s and older. It okay? Is this actually worse than 88, 89, and 90? Because that's when I began following sports fervently, and that was the dregs. Back then, I mean, they had the worst record in baseball. George Steinbrenner was suspended from baseball. Uh, they even back then they played with they had they hired a Yankee famous of playoff lore to be a skipper. I'm talking about Bucky Dent with, with the famous home run to knock out Boston in 1978 in that uh, one game playoff. He became the manager, but that became a short lived experiment because after all, these were the George Steinbrenner Yankees. But uh, that was the that was a brutal time. So again, I would just put it to future callers to say that if, if uh, they deem now it's worse than 1990. I don't know. Uh, it was pretty rough. But it, uh, related to that time, so what led to such dregs then was it was the opposite of now. They traded away so many big name prospects like what Doug Drayback was, was with the Yankees at the time. He went to the Pirates, went and made the playoffs. Fred McGriff, became a star with the Braves. And, of course, the uh, infamous trade, uh, Jay Buhner for Ken Phelps, which is uh, an immortal, uh, one of the worst trades ever in Yankee history. That was 35 years ago uh, this summer. So it's like, like Hal Steinbrenner, I'm sure he was traumatized too going through that those Yankee times. But now it's like they're trying to course correct the other way where, oh, we got to hug on to our prospects. Right. We got to hug on to our youth. But it's not the same 
player development as those years. It's not, I mean, I mean, I love Volpe, and if you see him, say hello. <laughs> right? <If you> <laughs> Douglas him, from the Bronx uh, says we're... hello. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, I like him uh, as much, but uh, what's, what's the deal with these other prospects? What's the, like, what? Right. What is uh, the plan? Uh, right. Yeah, Douglas, I'm plan? with you. Right. I'm with you on that. And, and yeah, what is the plan for these prospects? Because the Yankees, we have seen it year in and year out. You take out the laundry list of names, the scroll, unroll the scroll of all the names that, of guys that they've held on to that have lost their value, that neither, you know, brought back anything for the Yankees or contributed to the Yankees at the major league level. There's a scroll full of those names. So let's now, since the Yankees are out of it, they are nine games out with three teams to leapfrog and one to displace. In the, in the wild card race, okay? They're out of it. So, okay, at this point in time, the strategy should be figure out who can contribute to our team directly and who can indirectly contribute to our team th- this winter via trades, you know, commodities, things like that. And and that's the strategy moving forward for this team. Has to be. And and the, the resistance so far to do it, I'm not sure I understand it. Bobby in Long Island, you're up next here on The Fan. Yes. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. How are I you? To ask, yeah, I want you to ask a question at the clubhouse. I heard that uh, the the uh, absentee owner had a meeting with the lifetime general manager and the puppet mm-hmm. on the direction of the team. Does that actually mean that this guy could be back next year? I mean, I just heard that the other day. They just had a meeting like yesterday. I mean, that's incredible. That's what it sounds like to me. Why would they even care about the direction of the team at this point? I was thinking about bringing this guy back. So there was a closed-door meeting recently, and this is from uh, Brian Hoke from MLB.com. There was a closed-door meeting recently in which Aaron Boone was quizzed by managing general partner Hal Steinbrenner and GM Brian Cashman, a session that prompted the Yankees manager to describe his front office mindset as being frustrated by the club's performance. Right. So, Uh, I mean, that direction of the team, I mean, that means, like, why would it even bother? I mean, Yeah, I don't know. about the future of the team, and you know, if they bring this guy back, I mean, it's going to be hell. I mean, you think it's bad now? So look at this. So w- listen, Bobby, that's funny you say this. And now that this came out forty-eight minutes ago from Brian Hoke, because um, last night when I was on, I was like, you know, Aaron Boone's press conferences have been very different this past week. The tone has been different, and I wonder what happened. And and maybe we have the answer. Maybe we know what happened. Well, you know, it, it's going to be incredible if he comes back. Uh, I, it's not his fault, but, you know, and we know the, light, the lifetime general manager, right. you know, is going to be there. Right. So, you know, Well, and, if you're uh, Hal and but, you're picking between Boone and Cashman, you're going to pick Cashman every single time. Well, they're attached to the hip. That's Cash, right. You know, it's a Brian Cashman Steinbrenner. It's, hy- it's, it's hyphenated. He's a Tom Hayden of the movie Godfather. He's, he's, <laughs> he's been a fan, but not by name. Yeah. Um, let, let me uh, go to the Jets with Salah, please. Now, this guy... You know, talking up a lot of stink, you know, a lot of bravado, bravado. You know, the Jets aren't going to, you know, take stick out of the Jets, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you haven't beaten the Patriots in eight years. Worry about that. Don't worry about winning the Super Bowl, okay? Worry about your offensive line. Yeah. Worry, worry about your defense, as great as it is. They're 29th ranked in turnovers, had one turnover in the last eight games, okay? Now, as far as, far as Sal is concerned, he's screaming and yelling on the sideline during the show, by on, during game day, I had never seen him yell at any of the players, make him any accountable. To me, he's all about show. The guy hasn't proven anything. I don't know. Bobby, I think you're reading too much into a, a fake reality TV show. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I understand, but he's telling, you know, you know, he's telling the press we're going to take the stink out of the Jets. 
I mean, you know, he's making a whole worry about beating the Patriots. Okay, before you move on to the Bills. Yeah, but I, or- I, I didn't mind that speech. I thought that was a fiery speech. I, I, I thought it, it put the onus. It showed a little bit of accountability for a, a unit that has been – that's going to be – the way the Jets are going to go this season is the way the offensive line goes. And unless yeah, they start does- picking it up – well, the offensive line, yeah, you could have Brady, Rice, Swan, and Stoll. And that's what he said. That's exactly what he said to them, though, Bobby. With the offensive line. Now, you know, you got to blame him. No one seemed to blame him with the Wilson thing last year. I understand Wilson's not good, blah, blah, blah. And the offensive corner got fired. But the buck stops with the head coach. And he didn't develop the quarterback at well, all. Well, well here's what I said. When I said that Zach Wilson, this is rewind a couple months, when I said Zach Wilson, when, when LaFleur said, yeah, you know, he's got some footwork issues. And I'm like, well, wait a second. How do footwork issues develop? How That has to be ignored for a long time for that to develop. Who's accountable there? I did ask that question. Well, yeah, well, Salah didn't seem to, you know, they were blaming, you know, Wilson for, for about 95% of it. But the, coach, the buck stops with the head coach. That's right. And, just concerns me with his clock management. Now, Rodgers is going to play next week. I don't know how why he would even play next week. Um, I, I, mean, this I guy disagree. Gets yeah, I disagree. I do not want to see our number eight on the field at all. And I understand they're going to do the little dink dunk passes well, and all that. But then what's the point of having him out there anyway? Well, he's the coach. The solid the assistant coach, okay? Yeah, I so see Rod- that. Tell Salah what to do. He's got all these ex-packers who haven't won a thing in two years, haven't won a playoff game in two years. All these, you know, Two wide receivers and mm-hmm. the offensive tackle who's been horrible, and you know, you know, and you know, to me, he's like coming like the Kevin Durant of the and the Kyrie Irving. I mean, you know, I understand the guy's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I mean, he let him run the show. To me, it, it, it's it. I just hope the offensive line straightened out because right right now, you know, the offensive tackles is a shambles. Well, that's it, well, and, Bobby. And you have but you had Mackay Becton out there last night at right tackle, and he was fantastic. He was shut down fantastic. And I don't think the, the comparison to the Hardens and all that is fair, although the bringing in who you like to play with is a fair thing. I get that. But I don't know. I, I think this Jets team is way better set up than, than the, the house of cards that was in Brooklyn. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, you know what? You know how in, in Hard Knocks they were talking about how Zach Wilson hasn't seen those, I don't even know, air, airplane was it one of them called? And like, Aaron Rodgers was like, dude, you haven't, that's homework. Like, you need to do that. There were two movies that he hadn't seen. Well, the other caller before mentioned The Godfather. I haven't seen that. Sorry, I'm Danielle McCartan with you till nine here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. I got a tweet at Coach MCCARTAN asking if Aaron, like, Aaron Boone was looking forward to Tuesday, right? And, you know, he mentioned, you know, we got to get out there and win on Tuesday, whatever. So the, the tweet was, does he even live to see Tuesday? I think he will. Um, and I know that this is just coming out that they had a meeting, him, Hal, and, and Cashman. And um, in that meeting, this is from Brian Hope from uh, MLB.com. So it's it's for real. And uh, it said Boone was quizzed by Steinbrenner and Cashman in a session that prompted the Yankees manager to describe his front office mindset as being frustrated by the club's performance. So the front office is frustrated, which is crazy to me that the front office would be frustrated because the front office is the team that there's the people, uh, the the entity that built this crap. How, I mean, uh, they're frustrated. I hope they weren't blaming it all on Aaron Boone because you know he hasn't been great. But how can you how can you have three guys in that lineup that are hitting like like basically zero, like a third of the lineup's hitting like under one hundred? How does that happen? Whose fault is that? It's not that's not Boone's fault. I hate to say that is not his fault. 
And it was a closed-door meeting, apparently. So back, getting back to the question I got on Twitter, will he live to see Tuesday? My argument would be, yeah, I think he's going to last to the end of the season because... A, what's to gain by firing him right now? What do you gain by doing that? The team is not going on a run. This is not Joe Girardi being fired and being replaced internally and then they go on a run. This is not that. They're nine games out. They're dead and buried. It's over. And then B, kind of along the same vein there, who is the in-house replacement? Come on. Luis Rojas? Come on. And with no chance to make a run? Come on. Maybe Boone's frustrated with that. He can't. Uh, who, who knows? Where where the, the um, what's the word? The dragging of the heels. I can't think of a word. Uh, uh, is coming from to bring up these prospects. Maybe the front office doesn't want to do it. Maybe they think they could still make a run. That's why they're frustrated. And maybe Boone's saying, no, we need these kids. It's over. So there's clearly a little disconnect. There's a little discord happening there. And um, ultimately, Boone will last the season, but I think that's that's about it. We go out to the phones here, 877-337-6666. Jim in Wilton, Connecticut. What's up, Jim? Hey, Danielle. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making it. Absolutely. Uh, two things, and right on that point. The first is, I don't think any of this is Boone's fault. I think he's managing the team what he has fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah. question marks in a bullpen. There's yeah. question marks of how the batting order constru- is constructed. But you know what I mean. But yeah, I understand that, it. But that's a, yeah, that's a small thing when you're dealing with right. Severino and Stanton and Donaldson. And don't forget Joey Gallo and, uh-huh. and Hicks. It is a laundry list that is all on cash. Yeah. It you is. Know? Yep. And and, and, and to me, that, that the front office is frustrated. They should be looking themselves in the mirror and saying, we built this crap. We're frustrated with ourselves. Leave Boone out of that meeting. Yes. And it looks like they're trying to pass the buck on Boone. That's right. I mean, if Hal had any gumption, he would That's buy, a great word. Cash, buy Cashman out. Just yeah. like the Mets bought out those other guys. Buy him out. Spend the money appropriately on, you know, throw out Theo Epstein's name. But you can't argue with his results. Um, and then I just had one more point. Yeah, but let me yeah. expand upon that. I totally agree with you, and I think gumption's a great word. And for anybody that doesn't know what gumption means, it's shrewd or spirited initiative and resourcefulness. So Hal Steinbrenner, instead of doling out that contract to Cashman last winter, or I guess I guess this past spring, whenever it ended up being, it was the wrong decision. I was on here saying, hey, listen, the Yankees should go in a different direction. Thanks, Brian Cashman. The Yankees should go in a different direction. He didn't do it. Right. He, they doubled down, and look where they are. They're, they're hapless. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. And the thing about it is that if you, the way Cashman constructs team, I don't want to say it's obsolete, but it's real close to being obsolete. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, yep. You look at what the, what the Baltimore's doing, and you watch what the Reds are doing, that's and these right. different teams out there, that's baseball now. Yep. And I don't know if Cashman has that. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Right? right? And the You're other right. point was, I, kn- I know there was a caller earlier that talked about bringing in, like, Yankees alumni into the dugout. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, but the first thing that came out of my mind was Paul O'Neill. Of course. Because... Right, because if we're all thinking there's no fire in there, and that's what we see on TV, right? There's no more other than Lou Pinella. There's no more fire than Paul O'Neill. That's and right. Thanks for uh, taking the call. And thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. And and guess what, Paul O'Neill, he's there. <laughs> he's there at the stadium. <laughs> that's an easy. That's easy. That's hey, Paul. Can you come down to batting practice today? Hey, Paul. Can you come down to the, the clubhouse before you do your uh, game prep? Can you come an hour early? 
to, to the stadium. I mean, that's very easy. But again, that's that's not for this year. That's that's my plan for next year. You bring in those guys, the guys again that hate to lose more than they like to win. Wherever the direction of this team goes, that's what I want to see next year from the beginning. Hating to lose more than you like to win because that's what those dynasty teams had. That's what the greats have. That's the next step. We go to Don in Linden, New Jersey. What's up there, Don? Yes, good evening. Um, again, I call you usually on Sunday nights. I'm an old-timer, Met fan. I'm six, almost 68. Uh-huh. But I have seen it all on both sides. And I know my Yankee history. But um, it's odd to see the Yankees in this situation. It's not odd to see the Mets in this situation. Um, I mean, I'm very glad the Mets have showed a pulse in the last 10 uh, weeks, even though they, got, yes. well, they lost today. Uh-huh. But it's a pulse. They're gonna, can they make 500? Probably not. 78, 79, 80 wins. But that's what the Yankees are probably looking at. But they're only four under. I mean, Yankee pride, get over 500, finish with 84, 85 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to the playoffs, but. Don't end up, don't completely collapse and end up 72 and 90. And that could happen. Yeah, it could. Hello? Yes, it, it could. You're right. It could. It's possible. Uh, again, you know, I'm a diehard Mets fan, but the Yankee fan is experiencing what we have experienced. By the way, I, I have a, um old-timers story about the Maggio and Barra. I don't know if that's it's a good story, but I don't know if you want to hear it. But if you got a minute, I'll tell Listen, you. Listen, anything about Yogi Berra. I, I'm friends with Lindsey Berra, so anytime we could talk about Yogi Berra on WFAN, the Yankees radio network, tell us. Do it. Well, anyway, the Yankees were playing the St. Louis Browns in a doubleheader in St. Louis in the uh, late 1940s. And it was 106 degrees, and it was an afternoon doubleheader. Yogi caught the first game, mm-hmm. and but he sat, sat out the second game. The Yankees swept the doubleheader, and after the doubleheader was over, uh, DiMaggio lit in the barrel. What's wrong, poor little rookie Yogi? You can't catch 18 innings. You're in the major leagues. Barrow took that to heart, and he practically played every game, mm-hmm. probably played 158 games of either 100, 150 out of 154 for the rest of his career. But there's another aspect that in that doubleheader, a reporter asked the Maggio when the game was over, Joe, why did you play both games? It was 106 degrees and you're way ahead. And he said, well, maybe somebody in the stands never saw me before. Oh, I've seen that? that quote. Yes. I've seen that. That's a, that's, that's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, Donna. And thanks for that story. Yeah. I actually just texted Lindsay Barry like, Hey, Lindsay, we're talking about Yogi. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, that's I've seen that before. And there's another one I love, too. It's, someone asked Derek Jeter, hey, why do you run on and off the field all the time? And he was like, well, because there's kids watching you. Just because the, are, the cameras are not on you, it doesn't mean the kids aren't watching in the stands. Just powerful stuff from guys that get it. You know what I mean? And Yogi Berra, of course. I mean, one of the greatest Yankees ever. Ever. And I'm trying to figure out uh, games per season. 62 game average. Now that that doesn't add up. 162 game average. <laughs> Lindsay said, I think everybody's nostalgic because the current Yankees are not that great. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we've entered into that territory. <laughs> it's funny. All right, we go out to, to John in Staten Island. From the Yogi Berra days to the prospect days, John, what do you got for me? 
Yeah, hi, Daniel. I, I I love listening to you. I'm a little nervous. This is my first time caller. Ah, don't be. As long as you're going to be a, a pleasant and, and non-confrontational and non-condescending, no, 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 no. you're good. I'm a long-time Yankee fan, and I'm real. I'm realistic. This season's over. So yes. I'd love to see them bring up three prospects. They don't have a third baseman. Why don't they bring up Andres Chaparro? I don't understand. This guy has 23 home runs and 74 RBIs. Why is he still in the minus? They don't have a legitimate third baseman. Who Donaldson is this? got hurt. Andres Chaparro. There's no real third baseman. Andres Chaparro. Uh, yeah, AAA affiliate. He's at the rail riders. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'd love to have you ask somebody in the organization why they don't bring this man up. That particular guy? Okay. Yeah, he's got 23 home runs and 74 RBIs with the rail riders. Yeah, why isn't he ever mentioned? Uh, okay, I, I, I've added it to the list. I, I don't know who I would ask that question to. Like, I mean, ha- Cashman's not going to be available. Boone's going to be like, that's not a question for me. Can't ask any mm. of the player. I mean, I don't know who I would ask. Right. Also, also, um, they need a they need a catcher that can hit. Yeah. They have the kid in when the Rail Riders, Carlos Narvez. He's mm. got ten home runs, thirty three RBIs, and he's batting two fifty. This guy Warport, he can't even break a hundred. Why can't they bring him up? Yeah, I've, you're asking questions that I wish I knew the answer to. I, I don't know. I mean, I think these guys can, can help the team. I mean, I know we're not going to win anything this year. Right. But at least maybe they'll make it a little exciting. These players, these players, somebody hits a, somebody gets a single, the next guy hits a ground that's a short, and it's a double play. That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, love- or bottom of the ninth inning today, two strikeouts by uh, Judge and Torres yeah. and a, and a flyout yeah, game over. I knew after Judge struck out, there was nothing was going to happen. That was there. it. That's right. I knew, and the guy I'd love to see, but I, he's a double A, and I don't think he's on the forty man roster. Jason Dominguez, I'd love to see him. I think 15. Jason Dominguez has taken a step back in his development, as everything I've seen, heard, read. But he has. I think he's on Somerset, but he's got fifteen yeah. home runs and sixty five RBIs. How many players on this Yankee team have sixty five RBIs? Two have fifty, John, and it's it's Volpe and, and Torres, and that happened today. Both of them reached fifty. Uh, but again, Jason Dominguez, that's that's double A pitching too. You know what I'm saying? So yes, um, you want to see him continue to improve. But everything I've heard, read, seen, kind of indicates that he's taken a little bit of a of, of a little bit of a drop off. Um, fair or not fair? I'm not sure. I don't I don't see him every day, obviously, um, but. Pipeline, I think, uh, and Pipeline's usually always right. MLB pipeline, put out by the league is projecting him to be uh, a rival. I think is n- let me just check here. Uh, I think it's next season. Uh, MLB Pipeline. Let me just be sure because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to give you false information, fake news. You know, I'm not. I'm not fake news. I'm not hot takes here. Let's see. Yankees prospects. Uh, Dominguez, 2024. Yeah, he's expected next season. So he's got to continue to just go to winter ball. He's got to continue to 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 build upon. His his case during spring training, you know, it can't over the over the um, over the winter, continue to get better against better pitching. That's the thing. It's one thing to say, hey, he does this in in Double A, and then promote him and then promote him again. That that's, that's it's really different. The level of pitching is just really, uh, really different. So anyway, we'll keep the conversation going too because I'll be there again. I'm going to be at. at um, Inside the Yankee Clubhouse on Wednesday, probably for the last time of the year. So let me know if you, if you got anything that you want to get off your chest. Let me know. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 9 here on The Fan. Hey, hey my name is Daniel McCartan with you till 9 here on 
on WFAN in New York City. We have jam-packed phone lines all night. I'm very grateful for that and for you for tuning in, for feeling so obliged to call in. That's what makes this show go. It's, it's you. It's you, the caller. So uh, if you can't get through, don't get discouraged. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. You can also tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, and Instagram as well. I mean, the same the same uh, username and um, good ones get read on air. It's like it's like you could just participate in a different way. Instead of the five phone lines, you could you could do it digitally nowadays. We're streamlining the process and um, maybe he's kind of awkwardly segueing into like the future. Um, the future of the Yankees to me doesn't look bright. It, it doesn't look like they've got a plan to um, how do I say it? Embrace the quote unquote new baseball, which. You know, the pendulum has swung so far to the three-outcome hitter that it's now starting to to swing backwards into the the get-on-base, run-around-the-bases kind of player. And the Yankees, with their long-term contracts and where they're at with their financial situation— it's it's going to be really tough for them moving forward to to get out from what they've they've already— well, they, I should say, Brian Cashman, has dug them. And now this meeting, apparently, between uh, Steinbrenner, Cashman, and Boone— Break, you know, came out. Uh, Brian Hoke posted an article about an hour ago. At this point, I, I don't know what could be said in that meeting. There's nothing to save this season. You know, maybe it's it's not a what can the direction of the franchise be moving forward. It's it's probably how are we going to finish? What is the best course of action to finish out this season? And that is, you need to start bringing up the players. Somebody in my DM suggested sitting Judge for the rest of the year. They're not going to do that. Judge sells tickets. Judge sells jerseys. They're not going to sit him for the rest of the year. They're just not. All right, here we go. Back to the phones. Line three, Simon in New Haven, Connecticut. What's up there, Simon? Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Great. How are you? All right. You know what I would have asked if, uh, in the meeting? I, I would have asked Boone, uh, what is the obsession with the teams uh, grounding out and popping up all the time? Because it seems like the Yankees are more fond of playing ping pong with all these ground outs and pop-ups and strikeouts. Welcome back to the fan. I mean, My name is Danielle McCartan. With you for one more hour, Lori Rubens uh, will come your way I mean, we got at uh, 9 p.m. to complete the, the alley-oop and whoever, or the slam dunk or the handoff, whatever you might want to call it. Judge is a gift from God. He deserves play. Like you said, he sells tickets. We were talking a little bit. A couple callers brought up Yogi Berra and rightfully so one of the best Yankees to ever wear the uniform, That's one way of putting it there, Simon. As you know, but... I don't even the know judge how long is that was. offense. The two, judge is the entire offense. Two, um, you saw him when he went out. I mean, you can't have the film an entire offense go predicated I, uh, upon Lindsay how one player in it does to, to go watch in the lineup the 8 and over I mean, documentary, which very discouraging. If you haven't seen it, to watch. And, you're, and you call yourself no a Yankee fan. I mean, in the that's, bottom that's of the night, problem number runners one. on first um, it's and very second. There's no excuses. You got judge at the plate on DVD even now. It's called it ain't over. Let me look. I want to be sure because I always want to be sure on this. Let's see. You got to go out and see it. But why I bring it up me. now is because yeah, it was three straight pitches. Foul I, tip I, on the I'm, first one. I'm not swinging strike I'm not on the second one. It's a good, it's a good a, film. It's a good strike on the third one. But strike three. It's um now I know it's also it was a borderline pitch. I get it. Getting some buzz for the Academy Awards. Since you were a kid, the Oscars. Your two strike approach comes and in. You choke up on the bat a little bit and you just put it into play. And Aaron Judge is big enough. I'm not making it up. It's it's out there. So if you have it play, you better go. It has a good chance of of it clearing the wall and ending the game anyway. Yogi So him watching. For the years of better Yankee Watching teams, and then maybe Torres, that'll swing on his heels. It was just for you, but, really disheartening um, to me. That doesn't seem like there's a real strategy going and, on and at the, the entire crew over there. Situationally, and, and, can you and imagine it was really discouraging fall? for me to watch Aaron Judge 
That's literally cool. keep and the bat on his shoulder museum in Montclair and watch that World ball series get called for strike three. It was too Oscar. close. A trophy to of Oscar. That'd be great. It was, but from the theater that's, to the that's, TV, it's just discouraging. We so, have to talk about um, the, the not trying the to crap Jets on the guy. Next because I, I just I, I love him as a player, reader, as a person. Magic show. Connor, just, did you see this? You know, you've got mind reader magic show behind you. I have not seen the second episode yet. Behind him, have a hard time logging into my HBO. Cover your ears back there. As a player, you have to know this. Right, so you're in a magic show, right? Offense of this team. There was this goal behind you. You got Torres hard fun. trick at the end because there it, were no it outs. Got me. But behind it got him, me. you've got Jake so Bowers hitting the, cleanup, the, the, which I don't understand how that happened today. Whatever you want to call Jake him, Jake Bowers he, he hitting cleanup. Um, he's 0 for 18 now. Marcano Manuel. He's okay, you need to know that. Think of an animal. You need to know that. That guy's coming out behind Torres. Pick a card. You know. Then behind Torres, you've got Ben and the kicker in all of this was. He told Aaron Rodgers to open his hand. He's not even hitting 100. And inside of Aaron Rodgers' hands was a goldfish. And at the time, he was hitting maybe plastic. So you need to know that. You need to take a chance on a pitch like that. How does that happen? Because... So I get it. Manuel, the safety coach, that's what he thought of. He picked definitely the goldfish. Guy in this lineup that makes this team go. And then a goldfish appeared in Aaron Rodgers' hands. I wish he was a little bit more aggressive. How does that happen? Like, that got me today. We go I, out I to love, Chris like, and Roxbury in New York. What's up, Chris? But only if I could see how it's done hey, after. Uh, That's what I like. Uh, so can somebody explain that, that trick to me, the mentalist trick to me? Well, IKF is a my gold glove third base. immediate thought after that was, was revealed that there was a Andre goldfish Chaparro. now in Aaron Rodgers' hands. I watched, I was at it was, about uh, it was an off-camera jet player, but he, he vocalized it. He said, like a southern accent, he's like, hold on. He also plays first. At least he did. What would have happened if you would have picked a giraffe, but though? I'll tell like, you from what exactly. I see. What if the guy said lion? Was there going to be a lion too. appears in that room? But, like, uh, I don't know. IKF but that, has that to me was like the, 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 I don't want to say best, but most intriguing part in of that hard knocks episode. So, Connor, you can know, cover your ears now. Sure. Uh, make sure you watch that. That's your homework, right? You got homework. You got to watch. Why he hasn't seen the Yankees. When are you going to plan on watching it? Come on. I was supposed to do it last night, and then I kind of didn't get around to it. The new Madden's come out lately. Daniel also taking up some time, but probably tonight. Which mode do you play on? So, and tell me about this season. He's just the online head-to-head this year. Oh, but I never time in a long time. I was going to say this year. Who have you been using? Last year, don't say it. He had one of the best. Always been the Jets. Um, hitting usually it's been the Jets. Well, the last couple of years it's been Green Bay. Within the top ten. Yeah, and he does it again this year too. The problem I my brother was that he was touted as this. He was like, yeah, and maybe it's not all his fault. He's a man touted as this defensive guru. I was like, I looked at him. I was like, so you're a Jet fan now? All he was was a stopgap shortstop. People were making me on that and still do. That's all he was. He's a placeholder for Volpe, and that's all he was. But I now that so. he's found but, a different yeah. role, he's, he's like, he's oh, Jordan Love looked good. I said, yeah, but his save it. But, but his <laughs> save real it. position was third base. Anyway, correct. Yes. Maybe we could open it up. So, this so this he, is, maybe that's the, the door, the porta, to open up to the gateway here to some football talk. He didn't do a great job at short. I do see some football talk in there. Let's go to Tommy Long Island. What's up there, Tommy? Well, I think because when I watched, there were a lot of games where, and thanks for the call there, Chris, there were a lot of games that, you know, I don't know what the, uh, is up with the official and, uh, scoring nowadays, but uh, it looked as though it was like, hey, like, I know. How did they not mark that in error? How did they not score that in error? It was? So there were a lot of those ones, but anyway, that's, that's, that's I don't bygones know. be bygones. I would love to see him play third base every day. Now that Josh Donaldson, <laughs> no, I you would think, think he's on the shelf for the rest of the year. Make it IKF, like make him the everyday third base. When that's a better who it was. Who are you going to play in the Super Bowl? What's going to be the score? Another one makes contact with the ball. He's trying, still base. Like that. Come on. When he scored on a hit and run, 
and it was overturned, but he scored a hit and run from first. He plays the game as as the new age baseball should be played. Yeah. We'll that way. That was right, quick break. I know. We've got uh, Ooh, Pete McCarthy on an update. Then uh, my I name like is Danielle McCartan with you till nine. One more hour right here on WFAN. Now, can I ask you a question? What's up? Now, do you think in your heart, like I know we're Mets fans, that the Mets can get a wild card? You think it's impossible or we can do it? I know I asked you a thing about the Jets. I think it's impossible. You've traded away your 1A, your 1B. And your best reliever, I, I think it's impossible. I do. Yeah, Although but, they've got it, a lot of fight in them. They do. I give them that. But I think it's impossible. I Yes. I, I was thinking that, too. But they won, like, six out of seven. Yeah. And uh, the worst today, I know. Um, I got it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, don't get – I mean, they beat who? Come on. Who they play? They, the the I Cardinals. Know, I, know. I mean, I, this is – I was talking about this last night. Like, it's like this false hope. They had three against Pittsburgh. They had four against St. Louis. You know, it's 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 the recency bias. I get it. But, right. no, I, I think they're buried. Well, Dan, Danielle, we got the um, – we're going to Atlanta, right? Now, three-game series. We sweep them. What do you think? No. You no beat way? them? No way. You got really? – the last time – just two weeks ago, you played the, the, the Atlanta – they they won one. Oh, out they of killed them. Yeah, they yeah. they killed them. Twenty one three. Oh God. Nah, no Atlanta. No, nah, no. Nah, I I I would hope that the Mets take one of those three games, and maybe right. the game that Quintana pitches. That's it. All right, Daniel. Can I bring, bring up a Jeff's point? Yeah. Jeff, what do you think about the Jeffs? Um, what do you think their record's going to be this year? I want to ask your opinion on that. Uh, if they are not north of 10 wins, it's going to be a disaster. Oh, no. It's got to be better than that. Yeah, no? I know. Let me look at Let me pull this up. I think okay. uh, Buffalo would, should be a win. Dallas should be a win. That's two. New England, three. Kansas City, a loss. Denver, a win is four. Philadelphia, a loss. Giants, five wins. <laughs> Los Angeles, six wins. Seven Raiders, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13-ish. Are we getting a wild card at least? Jets are going to win the division. That's what I think. They better win the division. Wild card is not good enough. The Jets need to win the division, which is why when they when they, they better have this offensive line solidified in, in the next five right. days because I don't want any excuses on Monday night football against Thank Buffalo. You. Like, oh, you know, we you know we yeah, didn't exactly. we didn't have the right. continuity. I don't want to hear it. Like the, the the division could be decided in week, literally week one, September 11th. It could be. Could be. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to hear any excuses. None. No. Uh, what do you think about? I don't know. Is Rogers going to be okay with that offensive line, or what do you think about that? Mm, I don't know. That uh, we put Beckham on the right side. Yeah, I heard. Good. He was excellent. Who's our, who's our left side, the blind side? I think, did, were they talking about moving? I mean, it's all in flux now, but I think they were talking about moving Vera Tucker to the left side. Right. Um, yeah. What do you think? We can't think about who's there. The blind side is the most important part of um, keeping Rogers safe. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I know. And in that case, Tommy, my choice there on the left side would be Becton. It would be. Um, the guy, I mean, he was unstoppable. I know it was in a preseason game. I get it, but he looked, he didn't allow a single pressure. 
He ga- he was game changing in the run game. I mean, let's start looking at uh, at Becton at left tackle, the blind side. The guy is literally. I'm not making fun. He is the size of a baby elephant. I'm not making fun of him. Okay, that's awesome to have protecting your blind side. If you ask me. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Kevin in Camden. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Chris? How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I actually have not watched the second episode either. It's hard knocks. So I got to get to that. And also, I haven't seen the Yogi, Yogi Berry documentary. I got to watch those two things. I guess. See, you and Connor both have homework yeah. to do. Uh, I will. I will get to both. I just got to find time. I've been kind of busy. Um, but I got to talk about the Jets. I, I'm with you totally about Rogers. I don't want to see him play this weekend. It's a meaningless game. I don't want to see it either. They should have this, this sign that says "Fragile." Do not touch. Like you know, you know, you ever see those? Like when you buy those very expensive uh, gifts. Fragile, do not touch. Yes. Or like when you, you know, handle with care. Should be on Rogers this week. This weekend, <laughs> I, I don't want to see it because one injury, poof, it's over. I know. I don't want to see it. I know. Um, now, as far as the Giants, but wait, Kevin, the, you know, and and I, as much as I don't want to see it, I I have to hope that they're going to game plan like a bunch of handoffs, halfback pitches, you know, dart pass here, slant route there, get them off the field. I mean, that's what all – but but then at the same time, what does that accomplish, honestly? It's nothing, and, and, you, and you know what? It'll be like five minutes in one quarter, and then you take them out? Not even. And I, I'd rather see Aaron Rodgers in a red jersey in Florham Park not getting touched doing all of those same things. No, I completely exactly you, and I are definitely in agreement on that. Um but as far as the Giants, there was, there was a caller yesterday who, I think he was 17 years old, he was ripping the yeah. Giants for, for signing Jones over Barkley. Let me tell you something. First off, Jones was the right move. You said that last night. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was great. Um, but Barkley, as much as I, cause I, I advocated for him to be, you know, you can't play running back that look. Because the Giants have so many other needs. Yep. And they have with most of them. But there's two guys I could think of right off the bat that deserve to be paid more than uh, Barkley. Uh, that's I mean, he's probably not going to get an extension because Leonard Williams not going to probably not going to get it. But one name I, that I heard that they started discussions with, and I would definitely be in line for it, Adoree Jackson. Yeah. Because you think back to when he it was the playoff game. I think it was uh, against the Vikings. He shut down Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And and, and that's up. a premium position. It's not a running back position. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. running backs. You know what I mean about running backs, like cornerback, quarterback. That it, those are prime positions in the NFL. Unfortunately for Saquon Barkley, running back's not one of them. No, I agree, and that's why. No, I'm saying that's why you have to get that done because I'm telling you, who's going to get the replacement for Dory Jackson? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's that's exactly the point. So maybe a draft I, pick I, though. Corners usually come out of draft, but you don't know how high the Giants are going to end up anyway. Exactly. But real going back to the Jets, real quick. Um, you have to, and you know, I said this to you last time, and I, I was, I worded it the wrong way. No, I, I did better win now. Because now with Dalvin Cook, you know, you know, I'm not saying that you know he was a, a knee because he he's in the um, what's the word that you don't really need him, but you'd be loving to have him. Yeah, it's a, uh, 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 I can't think of it. You get, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but like the, the expectations now are like you better win now. This is a super team. Like yeah. you got to do it, and and they better win now. I'm just. I, the pressure is on, and I'm and I'm telling you, I might be buying me a Dalvin Cook jersey eventually. Oh. I, might be getting, I might be buying that, that the same green that I got for Rogers. I might be buying that with Dalvin Cook. So. Oh boy! Well, and I will not, I will not be watching the Giants and Jet game this weekend because I will be in Philadelphia watching the uh, Phillies and the Cardinals. And I'm going to be in Tampa watching. I think the Bucks play actually, so Man. I'll try to get it on my on my phone, but. Uh... Yeah, actually, one a lot of my friends wanted to go to that game, and I was like, mm, "Sorry, I can't." You guys can go. I, I 
wish I could go. I'm still, I guess I'm still trying to get to that Falcons game because that's on my road for you. But that's I'm trying to figure out like not, not how I can get there, but like cause I know it's in the morning, so I'm trying to figure out like you know how who how much money it's going to cost me, and you know because I think the I think access link, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get there. So I'm just trying to figure out like. Yeah, you, you said the faculty, uh, the faculty game, the the, the uh, Falcons game, right? Falcons, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, keep me posted. Sounds good, coach. Thank you. All right, bye, Kevin. Thanks. Um, and there was a batter tonight in this. Uh, you know how? By the way, the the Little League Classic game. It's the Phillies and it's the the Nationals playing uh, in Williamsport. The one, first of all, one of the batters, his last name is Stott. For the Phillies, he got out there with a bat painted like a number two pencil with like an eraser and everything on it. It's awesome. So thanks for Brian for sending me that on Twitter. I saw it on TV, but I didn't know it was a quick cut to a commercial. I didn't know who, who was the one that was using it. So if you wanted to see it, it it's it's sick, man. It's really cool. You can uh, just it's on Twitter at Coach MCCARTA and take a look on the on the quick little break here, quick little turnaround and. Um, I wanted to talk about the Jets' offensive line and, and is it a real concern? And continue with your Yankees calls, with your Mets calls, and um, and and we'll take it there all the way up to the top. When Lori Rubinson will come your way.